0: This is a pain information network. There's a the ukulele music. I'll get something new. Uh, you know, last week it was uh, a little on the heavy side, a little more toward a, the provider. But you know, sometimes if you listen a couple of times, you kind of get an idea of what we're thinking and why we're thinking it. And uh, sometimes light bulbs go off, like, "Oh, I know why that happened." This one's a little more for the consumer, and uh, it's I. I think it's important because it's stuff that your doctor won't talk to you about in the uh, examination room and the folks that make your appointment won't talk to you about it. Nursing won't talk to you about it because we don't have time. But literally, there are some things that can make the visit go really well. And there's some other things that, well, quite frankly, uh, drive us crazy. So. I'm just going to go through a few things, and, you know, you can apply this to your primary care. You can apply it to your specialist uh, at any level, Um, and sometimes just apply it to your life, okay? First of all, let's be organized, and what I mean by that is when you are going to your uh, physician or provider's office, you're going to have a limited amount of time. Sorry, that's the system. I didn't make the system, but that's the system, and they are definitely wanting to have a conversation with you, learn about your kids, uh, learn about uh, uh, all the interesting aspects of your life and hobbies. And sometimes we do get on those subjects, and I thoroughly enjoy uh, talking to folks uh, in an informal way because you know, let's face it, you know, a long time ago, that's why we went into medicine, you know, remember Marcus Welby? Oh, gee, that dates me. We actually We had a system when we walked in the room, and it was to engage, uh, uh, develop a rapport, do what's in the best interest for the patient, and do the right thing. Now we're under such time pressure, we often are thinking ahead. And there's something that I don't think a lot of people realize. Before we walk in the room, we know a lot. Uh, we've queried databases, we have medical records, we might have scans, we might have other things that you are not aware of. <clears throat> so it seems like we're not spending a lot of time in the room, but there's a lot of front end and there's a lot of back end. And the back end you don't see either because that's us on the electronic uh, I call it hell record, health record. Um, These things have not made it easier on us. For some things, it's it's better, but they don't talk to each other, and they don't have any efficiency. It's it's like stepping out of your modern car and jumping in a Model A from the 1920s that's exactly what it's like these things are primitive they're designed by geeks people that uh, do not have clinical degrees they may consult those with clinical degrees but think of all the specialists and all the primary care uh considerations and i i really don't get much out of putting in your um immunization history. I don't get a lot out of that. Uh, Other things, yeah, I want to know about. Let's take uh, numero uno. This is one of the first things that drives us crazy. Uh, What medications do you take? I, I don't know. What do you mean? Well, it's yellow. Okay, well, what about it? And there's thousands of yellow pills. And you mean you don't know what you put in your mouth? Uh, well, no. Uh, uh, what? Okay. Did you bring it? Uh, no. Where is it at? It's home. Well, it's not helping me there. Okay. So uh, this is an important thing. Bring all your meds in, put them in a bag to take them out of those little trays, because if you leave stuff in a tray, it's an abnormal pill count. And to a lot of us, that's a big red flag. We want to have accountability, but most importantly, compliance. We want to see you're taking them correctly. Bring them all in. I don't care how inconsequential you think something is. It's important. Some of these uh, over-the-counter herbs are actually bad news, uh, particularly f- for anesthesiologists. And if you're going to have surgery, you've you got to let them know everything you're taking. And for us that does uh, a lot of uh, pharmacologic management and interventional procedures, I got to know some of these drugs because they can anticoagulate you, and that can be a problem. So bring them all in. And that's something that uh, drives us crazy. Uh, another thing that can be very helpful for us is yeah, staying focused. Um, in the daily course of seeing patients, 30 to 40 of them, sometimes more, sometimes less, Patients come in uh, with a complete flight of ideas, and they go from one subject to another subject without completing either one, and we have to fill it in. And so that's where our question set comes. So when it comes to that, please do not interrupt the questions that we ask because there's a specific reason we're asking specific questions and you don't know what always that reason is once again sometimes we're ahead of you and um, like I've looked at your medicines I've looked at your medical history uh, I have very specific things I need to know because I think your diagnosis is xyz and I might be doing a procedure on it, or I might be doing uh, something that requires me to have a specific question answered so if I start asking a question and I get interrupted, uh, no one wins. And it can cause uh, uh, a very straightforward examination and, and discussion with history to turn into uh, a very disjointed. Uh, and it's, it's uncomfortable for me to tell patients, no, no just stop for a minute. <laughs> I don't like doing that. It's, it's just not nice sometimes to do that, but I have to do it. All right. Another thing is you read it or I know someone. Well, if you read it, it means you've been on the Internet. And to us, the Internet is a great desert of crap. Um, There's very little out there on the Internet that you should be trusting. I don't care if you go to WebMD. I don't care where you go. And the reason you shouldn't trust it is sometimes you're not reading it right or you're reading it right, but it's the wrong information. And you have to be able to discern that. People are constantly quoting articles to me. So when I read an article and I'm I'm an editor, uh, what I'm looking at is methodology in which is how many people are in it. You can't tell me that a study with five patients is anything but anecdotal. No, you've you got to have a good end number. Um, and it, it, the methodology it keeps a, a good thought from becoming junk. And junk sci- science abounds on the Internet. So PubMed is a good place to go. Um, but, again, that's provider-level uh, written materials, Um, when you look at something that comes out of a JAMA or pain physician, um, those are top journals. They've been looked at by a number of editors and chief editor uh, and um, other interested parties. They've been sometimes written, rewritten. Uh, The data has been scrutinized. The references have been scrutinized. And yes, if something doesn't have a lot of references, it's not good. Or if the references are hokey pokey, they come from funny places. Uh, uh, I, I've seen references from uh, women's uh, magazines, Women's Day, for example. I've seen references from crazy places. Like, I've seen them before from Reader's Digest. That's not a reference. That's not a scientific uh, item that I'm uh, particularly interested in. Now, if you know somebody that had a treatment XYZ, um, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, the most, one of the most common things I hear is, I know somebody that had that, didn't make them worse, and made, it made them terrible. They almost died. Well, uh, okay, that's fine. But somebody has just introduced a whole bunch of bias into your uh, relationship with us. And um, you know, I heard stories about you know X, Y, Z paralyzing somebody. Well, come on, I don't, I don't do crazy things. I don't want to do crazy things. And those stories are stories. You've got to know the difference between a story and something of value. All right. Next thing is, can I can I bring my family members back? No. <laughs> Uh, The caveat on that is if you have a significant medical problem, like your loved one has Alzheimer's or early dementia or has trouble with uh, cognitive uh, relationships with the uh, provider, just doesn't remember stuff and that sort of thing, fine, you know, talk it over with the nurse. But I don't want a lot of people. Down that hall in a HIPAA controlled environment, and it's a it's a security issue too. Not just for me, but for the patients and nurses. I recently had one of my nurses get slugged in the face, and that's a real story. And uh, you know, we every once in a while we have we have problems, and um, it's not that I think that that's going to be the norm or ever going to happen, but it can. And uh, one of the other issues is. Sometimes we spend more time talking to family member or significant other more than the patient, or they distract us from doing our job. And that's particularly important uh, to note kids. Please don't bring kids. We love kids. I love kids, but we love you too. Uh, what kids do is they interfere with my ability to ask you certain questions or to examine you certain ways, and they might be a huge distraction. Um, I know other clinics don't always think like this, but I can tell you I've done this a long time. When a a kid is in the room, we change our approach, and that's a reality. Okay, the other thing is um, a, a patient telling me what they're only interested in. You come to me to expand my differential diagnosis to help you understand your best treatment. And the thing that I am trained to do is to offer you a number of treatments, but you've already made your mind up. And if I don't agree with you, we're going to start from right there and go nowhere. So please keep an open mind uh, with the provider. Um, And... Do, that's just like one of the worst things you can say is I'm only interested in. And it's unfortunately a lot of times tagged to opioids. That's a huge red flag for us. All right. And, you know, little simple things. Um, this is may it not sound like much, but like muddy shoes, bringing in muddy shoes or worse. You know, sometimes we have to put little boots on shoes because there's like dog poo or something on them. And okay, so it's a hygiene problem, but it's not just that. It's contaminating an environment that we really need to be clean because we might take somebody directly from there to the OR and the OR needs to be clean. Um, So I'm just saying... Just kind of take a, a, an interest in just understanding that the environment of care to us is very, very important, and we want you and everybody else to have a great experience with minimal risk. okay we know <clears throat> we know when you're not forthright. We know when when we're not getting the, the story, the right story because like I said, sometimes when we walk in The room, we've already done a criminal background check. We've already done, uh, we don't always do that, but we have already checked the uh, database, uh, the drug database. We've read medical records, etc. We know a lot. And sometimes, as I said, stories or excuses uh, do not do anything but put a wedge between us. But keep that in mind. We don't expect people to be perfect. We just expect them to do the best they can to give us a history. Just the best they can. I don't want you to be perfect. I want to get to know you, to understand you, to have a better grasp on what's inside of you. And I won't always get it on the first visit. You know, it might take two or three visits. I don't know. Um, but it's it's really, really key to avoid excuses. Um, I... Didn't bring my medicine in. It's on the counter in the kitchen. Well, you know, it says it right here. You'd bring it in every time. I just need my prescription. No, (laughs) I need to see your pills. Or, no, I need to see if you're compliant. Or, no, I'm a little nervous about diversion. I'm not going to say all these things, but it's in my head. All right, the other thing is... people that aren't proactive in their own health care. you got to be proactive. If I see you come in month to month just expecting a prescription, it feels to me like you're asking to be entitled to a prescription. And if you're not at least trying to quit smoking, uh, if you're not trying to lose weight, I don't expect people to be perfect. None of us are. But to try and just show me you're trying. and remember those benchmarks there it is again, uh, three six, nine, and 12 months. Really what do, what what good um, what good is it to continue a certain treatment pattern if you're getting nowhere? It doesn't do any good, particularly with the opioid crisis and the risk of opioids and everything. Why keep you on opioids? Your pain is an eight over 10 every time you come in. you're still smoking two packs per day. No weight loss, uh, no exercise. You get, you get the picture, okay? I'm not getting preachy. I don't want to get preachy. Um, <clears throat> all right. Did you uh, talk to my, and you fill in the blank, doctor? Um, well, it, no, we don't talk. Um, sometimes we do. It's not very often, but we don't have time. If we stopped and talked to other providers, that's all we do all day. And they're in a room, they have to be taken out of a room, or they're in the operating room, or they're somewhere, and they have to call us back, then they have to get us out of the room, um, and they're filling out paperwork, and we have to document everything. No, we're not going to talk to your provider. We're going to get records. So be, be aware of that. We, we want to talk to them, and there was an era when we could, we can't. Um, especially in this day of the electronic health record. The other thing is I need these forms filled out. You may need these forms filled out, but once again, 30 to 40 patients are seen this day, and this is a four-page form. you got to be kidding me. Do you think I'm going to stop and fill this out and make everybody in the waiting room wait an extra 20 minutes? I can't do it. You know, I'll get four or five of those forms a day for whatever reason it is. I'll look at it, and I'll look at the validity of it. But some of these forms are are just time drainers. And, you know, if if you really need some forms filled out, I would call ahead, let the nurse know. The nurse will let you know if there's a charge involved. There usually is. And um, you can start a dialogue just so we don't get blindsided. I have to have these before I leave. Well, you're not usually going to get them before you leave. And that's just the reality of time management. Once again, I didn't make the rules. Okay, don't tell me uh, why you failed a drug test. (laughs) Uh, I, I already know. I already know. And um, <clears throat> no, your antibiotic doesn't test positive for marijuana. Uh, and uh, yeah, I get it when I see oxycodone there, but no metabolites. I know what's going on. So um, usually, once again, we're ahead of the game. We don't need stories. And the, another <coughs> classic story is, Doc, I'm going to be honest with you. I want. I just want to be honest with you and tell you everything. Well, I can tell you this: I don't care how honest you are. And what do you mean you don't care how honest? I mean, you just told me a little while ago you need to be forthright. I said forthright. I need you to be safe. That's what I need. In this day of uh, opioid overdoses and problems we're having with safety, um, you know, your honesty is one thing, but if you're Um, Doing things you shouldn't be doing, I care more about safety. Um, Okay, watch the T-shirts and and messages you wear in. Just because the waiting room can not like it or the provider might not like it, it may skew a relationship. I see a lot of religious... Uh, t-shirts in this part of the country It doesn't matter you can wear it anywhere you want But the problem is uh, Some people try to use them uh, To in, uh, to Validate their credibility That's inappropriate um, It's just it's not going to help us So just kind of watch the messages Okay just a little tip um, Okay What else um, Your cell phone We're watching your cell phone It's a HIPAA issue I can't tell you how many times I've been recorded. And it's best if you have a loved one in the waiting room or whatever, just leave your damn cell phone out there. I can't tell you how many times I've walked in the room and somebody's on their cell phone. Or their cell phone comes off in the middle of an interview and they stop and answer it. Or they text. They start texting when I'm talking to them. Okay? Okay. You do that, you lost me. So it's not that I'm trying to be a pain in the butt, but I've got a little bit of time, a lot to do. And those cell phones are, um, they're addicting. And it's a problem. So, all right, you heard it. I'm not getting preacher. All right, if you're a workman's comp individual, please don't insist on bringing people back or get threatening. Um, That's, it's not going to help you. Uh, a lot of words go into the medical record, and they're all scrutinized. And if you threaten us or uh, make innuendos, um, it, it just doesn't help us. It interferes with a patient-physician relationship built on trust and development. And, you know, y- you really want to be one-on-one with the provider. It's just so much better, and it's, and it's effective, and it's efficient. All right? Uh, we, okay, okay, I don't know how to put this one. When we do get threatened, and, you know, we get threatened, and it's just the way it is um, because you know, people expect things and they don't always get what they want. It goes from the pediatrics office when somebody doesn't get an antibiotic for their sick kid, they think they, they need it to, all the way up to us. When they don't get their opioids, they get threatening. And the threatened word that never works is... He was rude. That's like a universal comment, and I cannot tell you how many times we hear that. It's a universal comment. You know, the, the staff was rude. The front desk was rude. He was rude. We're not rude. What we're being is we're being safe. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> All right. Now, this is kind of this is kind of a final thing. Yeah, I, I, I can go on, but uh, if. We ask someone to leave the room, like a loved one or whatever. Um, Something was said to us that made us nervous, uh, and we want a private interview. Don't take it personally. It has nothing to do personally, and don't get paranoid. But, you know, it, it comes down to every once in a while I'll pick up spousal abuse, Every once in a while, I'll pick up somebody that doesn't want to say something in front of their husband or significant other, uh, like I felt a, l- a lump in my breast. And <clears throat> the next decisions I have to make, of course, is, is a workup. They don't want to say anything to get them upset. You can see that. The elderly are, are just notorious for this. And God bless them all. I hate asking uh, a delightful uh, couple to just, just give me a minute alone. And um, they're they're just not used to that, but I need a minute alone. Okay, all right. Okay, <clears throat> this is all right. These are risk um, strategies to avoid problems. Okay, first of all, everybody knows you don't lose your money. People don't lose pills. Uh, everybody knows that you can't just say, "Well, I found an ex- extra oxycodone." In my drawer. It it doesn't work that way. If you're that sloppy with your pills, I don't want to give you a prescription. Everybody knows that if you go to a party, oh, they were all smoking marijuana there. That wasn't me. I just got it passively. That doesn't fly. Uh, What are you doing hanging around a bunch of people smoking marijuana? I'm not giving you pills in that situation. It's a risk, right? All right, pill counts. You're going to be exposed to pill counts. Don't take it personally. You're going to get urine drug testing. Don't take it personally. All right. Um, To kind of underscore what I said a little earlier, write down your questions, but don't make too many of them. Write down the key questions. And if you need to come back for another interview, that's fine. But the, the ones you're nervous about, okay? If you need someone to help you, please ask, and maybe even ask in advance. Uh, That's fine. It might be the nurse to come in the room. Uh, You might feel more comfortable chaperoned. Um, You may really need a family member in, and that's fine. We, We just want a good patient visit, and we don't have a lot of time, okay? So if... You know people people often say he didn 't spend any time with me well, the front and the back end you never saw, and that was a lot of time um, and if you if you don 't want to wait in the waiting room, uh, take the first appointment or the first appointment after lunch all right they're not we 're not backed up we don 't like getting backed up. I try not to get backed up, but it happens, and the reason it happens is. Uh, a lot of the little idiosyncrasies that creep into our life during the day, um, like the woman that said, I have a breast lump. It's going ha- to have to stop. I'm going to have to stop. And the the elderly gentleman that says, I've had trouble breathing and a lot of chest pain. Oh, jeez. i got to stop. <clears throat> and I've got to change my sequencing. So we're going to get a little behind. Okay. So something kind of fun. Now, pain pain is grueling. Pain is, is kind of rough on everybody. But I got to tell you, two movies. You you just want to you just want to have a little fun. Watch some movies, and it'll just make your world a little better. It's better than those damn benzodiazepines. Watch Rat Race. And its elderly sister that I think Rat Race was built off of uh, from the 1960s called It's a Wild, 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 Wild World. Watch his two movies, it'll put a smile on your face. Okay, I think I burned this one up. Um, Once again, uh, if you leave a review at iTunes, it really helps me. They change the whole freaking algorithm again and every time they do that i get a little lost in there then i start popping back up but every time you leave a review it really helps believe it or not one review and um any questions paininformation.com and i'm going to start doing some more video as soon as i can figure that out but it's coming facebook live and uh, i will probably be seeing you next week and i bet i'm going to talk a little bit about acupuncture i actually got trained in acupuncture uh when i did my specialty year in pain management at Yale. Uh, Ifan Tsai um, was uh, very good at acupuncture. She actually went off as an acupuncture specialist in private practice. She showed me every every week or biweekly how to do acupuncture stuff. I found it really interesting, and I have my opinions if it works or not. So I'll throw some scientific stuff out there with good methodology and let you decide. A lot of people swear by acupuncture but they tend to be really healthy people and that's very different than somebody with significant spinal stenosis so i mean it's you apply the techniques and technologies to the appropriate uh diagnosis and we don't pick it up off the internet and i beat that horse to death so all right see you next week